Top of the hour, old guy trivia. Craig will try to even his record at one and one against a mystery guest. And uh, that music that we're hearing, Craig, only means one thing. Oh, man, when you hear Rush, people stop because they need to hear this next guest. By the way, you don't want him at your Easter egg hunt this weekend because he'll knock all the kids over to get the, all the eggs. <laughs> but he's our good friend, Stu Whitney. I can see that happening. I can see that happening. It's about, <laughs> it's about competition, Stu, right? That's right. That is, uh, That's right. That is not far from the truth, Craig. Uh, <laughs> very competitive person, and uh, I'm going to make a ter- direct line toward the egg. So if kids are in the way, there will be carnage. Uh, I promise for those of you who don't like Stu, and there's always a healthy number of people who just don't like Stu, uh, when he's a sports reporter and now that he's an at-large columnist, um, because he's been become a lightning rod for some people, uh, because he's been very opinionated about the way coronavirus is handled. We promise to end on a light note and have some fun, but uh, let's get this out of the way, because we talk very seldomly about this on our show anymore. We've just figured people... People want to leave it to others to talk about this. We're going to have fun and talk sports being a, be an escape. You're basically on our, our oasis for the week. Your feeling on how well South Dakota, its leaders and people, have been handling COVID-19 since we checked in last week. Well, I mean, a lot of things we already talked about, whether it be lack of transparency or not taking forceful orders in terms of making sure people are doing the right things in terms of social distancing. I think a lot of it is sort of that stuff is, has not changed. It's still a major problem. And now we've seen this Smithfield uh, element to it, uh, an outbreak over at the pork processing plant. You know, a lot of people know it as John Morales, an iconic business in this town. And to see 190 people as of now, uh, 190 cases coming out of that, and what could that could end up being a temporary, you know, temporary closure for the business? But how much does that spread into the community at large? As I wrote about, I think it's kind of a microcosm for some of the things that are going wrong here in terms of number one, lack of information. You know, we got uh, Ten Haken to sort of drop some knowledge at one of his at one of his briefings. Oh yeah, we got we have a hot spot, uh, one of the businesses in town. We're not going to tell you what it is, and then it just sort of. If somebody, it almost seemed to me that if somebody had not asked a question uh, of the health secretary later that day, that we wouldn't have known exactly how many cases that there were at that point. Eighty cases at Smithfield. It is increasing exponentially, and it's already up to 190 now. But the fact that that was sort of hinted at, and then oh, by the way, yeah, we've got a major outbreak at this uh, processing plant. Uh, I think underscores the lack of transparency. And when you have something where people are in a major uh, public health emergency, they want to be able to take care of themselves. They should know where these hotspots are. There are apparently more of them. There's a hotspot map. And uh, your guess is as good as mine where some of these places are because we're not being told by by the authorities. Follow-up, Greg? Nope. <laughs> okay. it's, a, it's, a daily, it's a daily thing. We're just... We're just trying to keep everyone updated what's going on every day. Uh, no some, some people are, have been challenging you. What's the number one challenge you get from people when you continue to call out the governor or, or, or tweet about this and continue to show the graphs of South Dakota's coronavirus cases growing while other states around us are shrinking? And what do you tell them? Uh, I think a lot of people point to 
the low number of hospital hospitalizations, which and and low number of deaths, which is, I don't know if they want me to uh, jump back at them. Like, yeah, I want that to be higher. I mean, that's a, that's an encouraging sign that of the a lot of the uh, people that are ending up with positive cases, a lot of them are number one recovering and uh, being released from the hospital or not even requiring to go to the hospital. Uh, I think to just to bank on that, to say that, uh, okay, that's the great majority of people who get this uh, are not going to uh, go through any sort of hardship is uh, is somewhat naive. You look at what happened in, in Huron. They had a quick outbreak in Huron. Uh, several died. Several. Uh, we had a story about a woman who basically felt like she had some heartburn, laid down, took a nap, and then when she woke up, couldn't breathe, was rushed to the hospital, was dead soon after. Uh, personal stories like that show that it, it can happen. And this has been, obviously, look at some of the death counts in, in New York City, in uh, Chicago. And if you want to go globally, look at Italy and, of course, China. Uh, this is a fatal, potentially fatal disease. And I think to undermine that or to minimize the threat that it poses is uh, people do that do so at their peril. Yeah, and, and fear-mongering, you get accused of that. I, I prefer to call it uh, calling attention to things because if the if the state is not going to be providing uh, information on these things, then I think we need to call them out on that. I, I just think it's uh, sort of valuable public information when you've got uh, an exponential rise in, in cases, yeah. and I and I think that when you compound that with South Dakota doing less than a lot of other states, including some of the bordering states, in terms of enforcing social distancing, not just saying, not just being on the honor system and telling people, hey, just do the right thing, you know, we want you to stay indoors. Uh, there's too much, still too much activity mm-hmm. going on. I mean, we need to try to not contain but mitigate this thing. We need to uh, try to keep those numbers down. So Sanford and Air, Sanford and Avera don't get totally jammed yeah. in the weeks or months to come, and, and we will get through this. But uh, minimizing it at, at this point, I don't think is a strategy anymore. As you as you start yeah. to see it, because two weeks ago people were saying, "Oh, it's not even going to it's not going to be a big deal," or three weeks ago, "This is not going to be a big deal in South Dakota." And now we've surpassed many other states in terms of per capita cases. Uh, last one. We'll finish on a high note. Thirty seconds. Sports memorabilia you are proud to own or wish you owned. Um, well, I've got an Al Kaline signed baseball, and he just passed away, Mr. Tiger. Yeah. Perhaps the most iconic Detroit Tiger, so I'm very proud to have that. As far as ones I'd like to have, you know, the, I've only been alive for one Detroit Lions playoff victory, 1991, against the Cowboys at Pontiac Silverdome. <laughs> to have Barry Sanders' cleats from that game, I think, would be uh, would be pretty cool. Very so cool. If he's, I know he listens to you guys, so maybe yep. he can take care of it. Call us, Barry. Call us. Thank you, Stu. We appreciate you. Appreciate it, guys. Stu Whitney, Argus Leader. It's Old Guy Trivia next on Craig and John. Goodbye, Aberdeen.